Welcome to the C3 Calgary podcast. We're so grateful that you're a part of our family and we'd love to invite you to one of our services. To find locations, times, and more information about our church, visit our website at myc3church.ca or find us on Instagram. Enjoy the message. hand. Yeah, you can sit. Also, I want to highlight my in-laws, Alan and Anne-Marie. Back, can you wave to everybody? Something that, something that I don't say enough, uh, Alan, this is Alan, Jess's dad, and you actually joined the dots and made the connection for us uh, in Canada. So we we are like Peter. We didn't immigrate from South Africa, but we immigrated from Australia. And uh, and Alan was the one that made the introduction, and I would go back to that those moments and and to just we were originally going to be in Atlanta in America. Thank God we didn't end up there. <laughs> but there's a there's a I'll say this. I just there's kind of feels weird to um, to speak prophetically or but. My encouragement to you, Alan, is the way you have an ability to join Kingdom Dots is, is very unique to you. And we would not be here and, and establishing churches and plowing ground in Canada if it wasn't for your ability to have foresight in a way that others wouldn't see. And I know it just wasn't an introduction. I know you were picking stuff up in the Spirit and you knew it. And I remember the words. I remember you just said, you need to meet this man. That was the words that came out of your mouth. And we then rearranged a whole trip to come to Calgary, and in that moment, Pastor Phil was here. Uh, we it was the first time C3 did a big conference to bring C3 global. C3 is a part of it stands for Christian City Church. It's part of 600 or so churches around the world that started from uh, Sydney, Australia, 40 years ago. And Pastor Phil is the Pastor Phil and Chris are the leaders of that. That gives you some context to this church, and uh, and there was a Canadian kind of unlocking conference that was happening and Simon McIntyre was here who's another like just guy that been around the movement since day one and it happened to there's no coincidences under heaven God works through men and women of God obedient faithful men and women of God and 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 that calling is amazing and think of all the voices and as you continue to make kingdom connections like that and uh, I know you already do that, but I just want to highlight that and, and the way that Pastor Lorne and Kelly speak and believe. And we all have a part. Turn to the person next to you and say, you have a part to play. You have a part to play. And before I get into that, before I get into what I'm preaching today, and you can get ready and turn in your Bible in, in Scripture. There's a book called Hebrews. Turn in your Bible to Hebrews. It's how we know that God loves coffee. Hebrews. That's such a bad... See, I'm a dad now. I get to crack the dad jokes. I want to start with something kind of funny. So we had a conference in Toronto a couple of weeks ago, uh, and 
sometimes these moments happen and God can use anything. And it was right on the last night, it was this powerful, anointed, man, I was in the flow of the Holy Spirit and I'm about to have this really deep, serious moment where the Holy Spirit is going to come down and just totally, you know, powerfully just uh, speak to all these people. It was actually a very serious moment of commissioning and I want to play that moment to you and there's something kind of funny that happens in the middle of it. So watch the screen. and. Feel the grace of Jesus. It's the manifestation of this word prophetically. You're free. And then that verse. <laughs> Who let the oh. dogs out? Who let the dogs out? What was that? <laughs> it's Jesse Stevenson. <laughs> Your mic's on, bro. Come up on stage now. You made a public. I'm so sorry. We're, we're, we're working something back there. Is there something happening? <laughs> it's, it's, uh... Dallas actually used to be a member of this church and, and she was one of the people that moved over 10 years ago to Toronto. But they, we were just wrapping up the meeting and we were serving free hot dogs after. And so their role was to come up on stage afterwards and promote the after party where we were giving away free hot dogs and they were planning this whole stage entrance and, and, uh, and they, he left his mic on and as he's practicing behind the stage, they were coming out to sing, who let the dogs out? And I'm in the middle of this moment and uh and it came through the sound system and we were just like, everybody in the room was just like, I honestly thought that one of the backing vocalists was about to move in prophetic song and thought that this is just, this is a moment where the dogs are going to get let out of the church and they felt called to, and I was nearly going to turn around and be like, what are you doing? Shut up. That's not the Lord. But the, that moment ended and I, God has such an amazing, great sense of humor. And it actually ended up being one of the most powerful moments in conference because I was talking about cross-bearing and Jesus said, for the joy set before Him, He endured the cross. And, and it was this moment where all these people were taking up their call for God, taking up their commission for God. And sometimes those moments can be so heavy and so serious. And I feel like the Holy Spirit just wanted to get a couple of hot dogs on stage and and just say listen taking up the call of God on your life is the best most joyous awesome thing that you and I can ever do it's so wonderful and it's so great and yes yes there is persecution yes there is hard moments yes I mean 
doing the thing that you're doing and initiating this evangelism through the streets of Calgary and across Canada, there's going to be hard times, but you're taking up your cross and you're doing the call. And I'm here to suggest to you and to help you understand that God has a plan for your life in mind. The question is, do you know it? The question is, are you walking it? Are you stepping out on it? And, and I want to talk a little bit about that today. And I love that God can use it. Those moments teach us that God can use just about anything. It actually went viral. This, this meme Instagram account picked it up and it's had like over a quarter of a million views and it's gone everywhere. And it's, uh, it's one of those awkward preacher moments they were making fun of us. And then all these people thought, oh, it's just a publicity stunt. C3 Toronto made that up. And try and cancel me, I'll cancel you. All right, anyway. So anyway, it's kind of fun. Turn, turn to, you, to the person next to you, and if you're watching at home, say this. Say, say, you're in the middle of something. You are currently in the middle of something. You're, you're in a journey. You're walking through something. We're all in the middle. You're in the middle. I'm in the middle. There are things that are unfolding in your life that haven't come to full completion yet, and God is at work in the middle. God is at work in the middle. Many of the things, if you've got a, if you've got a vision and, and you've got a, you got a sense of uh, ambition and purpose in your life, I don't know if it's running a business, I don't know if it's raising your kids, if your kids are growing up, you're in the middle of parenting and, and you've, there's responsibility in the middle and there is a fight in the middle. You might be in the middle of a, uh, of a uh, health issue and there are sometimes frustrating moments in the middle. You don't know where God's at. Where is He at? What, what is He doing in the middle? And we can get disillusioned in the middle sometimes. Our lead pastors are in the middle, Pastor Lorne and Kelly. Unfortunately, they have had some tragedy through their life over the last years, including their house burning down. And in the middle, not so, and it's, there's patience in the middle and there's all these things in the middle and we all live in the middle and, and this is not the end and it's not the end for you, it's not the end for me and the way we live our lives right now is we're in the middle. We are in the middle, you and I are in the middle of a God story. This is where life is played out. It's where your life is played out and my life is played out. Scholars and theologians categorize this grand narrative of the biblical narrative into six categories. They call it the six-act play. And the six-act play starts with creation. And then the second act is the fall. And then the third act is Israel. And then the, and then the fourth act after Israel is Jesus. And then the fifth act is the church. And the final act that we're not yet at because we're in the middle. See, we are in the fifth act. You and I are the church. And Israel was God's chosen people. And that's what we learn from the Old Testament. Jesus is the new Adam. Jesus is the one that did it right and Israel couldn't do it right. And now we are the church and we are the new chosen people. You are a chosen person. You are chosen by God. You might feel like at times you feel like you're living a mistake or living an accident, but it's a lie. It's not a lie. God has a plan and a purpose for your life. And as the church, it's not an individual plan. It's a corporate plan. We are the church. The body is fit together and together in harmony because God is a communal God, the Trinity. God has a plan for His 
church. He has a prayer request for the church. Many times we're on our knees praying that God would answer our purpose and we would pray that God would move mightily on our behalf. But I wanna flip the prayer today and say that maybe God's on His knees in heaven looking at you and He's praying that you would actually fulfill His plan and His purpose. And maybe our prayer life needs to be more more full of alignment on the things that God is praying for you. God is praying to you and saying, and, and saying, hey, and He calls you by name. He says, Peter, would you do this? I have a plan for you. Peter, would you go and step out and move across the nations or, or whoever it is? And I want to tell you that God has a moment right here today to speak to you in the middle. And the sixth act is the new creation. We learn it at the end, and this is the consummation of everything. It's where God, it's where, it's where some of the things required in the middle and no longer required anymore. And that's the thing I want to talk to you about from Hebrews chapter 11. What is the thing that's required in the middle? Faith. Faith is only, point one, faith is only required in the middle. When Jesus comes at the end, we don't have faith anymore. We don't need it. When every knee bows and every tongue confesses, faith is no longer needed. Faith is the means in your life. If we want to talk about being in the middle, you might, you know, you could title this message Faith in the Middle. You could title it Middle Management. How do we manage in the middle? By faith. By faith. How do you manage to get from A to to where God is taking you? And it might not all make sense to you. Faith really makes a lot more sense looking backwards, but it's kind of cloudy always looking forwards. Why? The chasm between your current circumstances and God's promises This chasm is a beautiful thing, but many of us in Christianity get frustrated with it and we don't like it. We just want it all to be plain and clear to us. It's it's as if we constantly pray to God that He would take the need for faith out of our lives. God, would you just answer all my prayers so I no longer need to depend on you? And it's like God will never answer that prayer. He wants you and I to be people of faith because faith is the thing that pleases Him. Why? Why does faith please Him? It's because we know that we're not God and He is and we get to depend on Him. As you depend on God in your health issue, as you depend on God in your economy issue, in your finance issue, as you depend on God in your business, in your parenting, or whatever it is, this is the thing that when you step out in it, when you trust God in it, it's the very thing that pleases Him. And it's a beautiful thing. So we're in this story. It's a big story. It's a super big story. It's a God story. And sometimes we need to elevate and, and level up our vision from the thing that, we have, that we're anxious and so concerned about, maybe more that's a bit me-centric. And we need to take these me-centric concerns and ask ourselves the question, what is God doing? What is He doing? It's, a, it's an eternal deal. It's a legacy deal. It's, it's that you're... Yeses to God, your alignment with God's plan, your ability to obey Him. And obedience, obedience is the works next to faith. Your ability to say yes to God actually means that you're partnering with this eternal God-sized deal, this God story. And Hebrews chapter 11 is just such an amazing passage of Scripture on faith. And I won't read it all to you, but at the end of chapter 11, where it uses 18 specific examples of 
mothers and fathers of faith. It's like Gideon and the 300, these epic stories and Abraham, and I'm gonna talk a little bit about that one, and Noah building the ark and all these things. And, 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 then, it, and then, it, then it has countless other examples. It just lists off names, people of faith. And then at the end of it, it says this, the last two verses, it says in verse 39 and 40, it says, these were all commended for their faith, yet none of them had received what had been promised. That's the covenant, Genesis 12, promised. The stars, look to the stars, the offspring, the, the future generations. All of God's promise is we're in the middle. The church has a role here today. The church, you are the church. You are the body of Christ. You and I have a role, a part of God's redemptive plan to, to expand His kingdom reign across planet earth. It's a huge deal. And so we look, and, and, and then it says this, God had planned something better for us. God has something better for you. I don't know what you see about your life, but His thoughts are higher. His plans are higher. And if you can trust Him and His thinking and His planning over your life, man makes plans, but the Lord directs steps. God has something planned better for us. Check this out. That only together with us would they be made perfect. Only together with us. As in Hebrews 11, you know, we're not meant to read that as in like, check out all these awesome legends. Gordon Joe are legends. This is, if you're new to this church, you need to get around Gordon and Joe. They, they, you are people only together with Gordon Joe is the plan of God actually coming to pass and being fulfilled. And Gordon, Gordon Joe are just these incredibly faithful, obedient people in this house that constantly say yes to God. And we would never understand the battles that our neighbor faces. And that's why we've got to have empathy and kindness towards one another. And, and we bear with one another and and, and, and the battles that you have faced just to stay so close and so be armor bearers of this couple, it's absolutely remarkable. But I'm here to tell you, and, and this is kind of good news, but also kind of sobering news, is that you're not done yet. And it's the fight of faith and you don't get to stop fighting. And, that, and, that, and that's part of the sobering reality of being a Christian. Paul says it like this in Philippians 3 verse 12, not that I've already obtained all this or have already made, arrived at my goal, but I press on. Somebody say, press on. You know, out of the pan pandemic was exhausting for so many different reasons. And I'm not gonna go into any of it because who cares? But, but sometimes we, we, we get to the point of self-preservation in our life where it's like I'm preserving my hands because I sanitize it. I'm preserving my mouth because I'm wearing a mask. I'm preserving you know, my health because I'm social distancing and all these things And the pandemic tried to teach us that, the, that what we need to do is you deserve to self-preserve. You deserve self-preservation, but there is nothing about self-preservation in following the kingdom of God. It's all those who deny themselves, those who lay their lives down. But the problem is, is many of us in Western Christianity is we've gone through tough enough seasons and battles in our saying yes to God that we don't, we don't know if we've got the energy to press on anymore. I don't know if I've really got the energy to keep saying yes to God because that last battle was a battle. And if I was to be honest with you, there's so many battles that I'm currently facing, I actually don't know if I've got the energy, the gumption or the willingness to actually continue to say yes to God because the demons that tried to attack me in the last season nearly actually took me out. 
And we've got to be honest with one another and, and, and with the reality of where we're at. But that doesn't negate the reason. The thing is that God's not done yet. The story's not over. And as long as the goal is yet to be achieved, we must do what Paul said and press on. And Paul's a great example of someone that went through some hard times. Like you and I haven't gone through the Paul stuff, have we? So maybe we could stop complaining about our little cushy lives. All right. That's me where I get a little cheeky and a little mean. I press on, Paul says, towards the goal to win the prize for what God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Faith in the middle. Faith is a middle management deal. Hebrews chapter 11 verse one says, faith is in the middle. It's the substance in the middle of things hoped for that we haven't yet experienced. It's the, it's the evidence in the middle. It's the substance in the middle. Faith tells us and shows us and gives us foresight in the middle. And you and I need it because we aren't God, because we are servants of God and because there, you, you will not be able to get through the next season of saying yes to Jesus in your life without faith. It is the means of fulfilling God's promises here and now. I want to show you this photo of this family. This is an awesome family, the Uren family. This is John and Candace and little baby Archie. Amazing, amazing people in our church. We met them in the first year of our church like nine years ago. And, uh, and John, he's a hockey scout. Uh, he's actually from Saskatoon, isn't he? Or Saskatchewan or something, I don't know. Um, and so we met them when they were dating. Uh, he, total life transforming experience. For any pastor to walk with friends like this um, and see them go from dating to marriage to choosing the kingdom of God, uh, to continue to say yes to the things of God. He, is, he works for Scotiabank. He's a lawyer for Scotiabank, really high up um, executive role. She runs a marketing agency in Toronto, one of the largest marketing agencies. And, um, and they fought to have this little baby, little baby Archie. And they're just dear friends of us. We got to marry them. We got to dedicate Archie. And, uh, and it's just such an incredible story. He was on our board for a season um, of time and they're just dear, you get the point. They're dear friends, we love them. Okay, so one Saturday morning at, towards the end of February, um, we, I get this phone call and this was February, uh, when was it, 2022, right? Just this year, just gone. And um, Saturday morning, I get this call from Candace, and you know, I don't get calls from Candace on Saturday morning very often. I got the two missed calls and I just got out of the shower and I'm, so I call her back and she's like, she answers the phone hysterically and just, Sam, Sam, like, I, I can't lose him. I can't, I can't do this without him. I, I don't know. And she's like, I could barely make out the words. And she's like freaking out on the phone and just, I don't know what's going on. And all of a sudden I'm like, okay, like, you know, obviously this is a tragic circumstance. And what had happened is he was at F45. Anyone know what F45 is? It's like a gym. Like a fitness, it's a fitness gym. It's a gym for fitness. <laughs> okay, <laughs> getting real technical here today. And so, and on Saturday morning, he, his heart stopped in the gym, went, went off to ICU and Candace didn't even know where he was and they suspected that he got taken to St. Joseph Hospital. And, uh, and I'm gonna cut the story a bit short and it was tragic. And in this moment, and life circumstances hit you sometimes, and there's tragedy that hits you, and I'm telling you, you need faith. Faith is the only thing. You don't need wishful thinking. You need something of anointed substance, something that is authorized by God, something, and faith is based, faith isn't faith on itself. 
faith is based on God's Word. Faith is established on God's Word, on His promise, promises. Faith just doesn't hang in. Yeah, that's, that's why the secret and all this whacked out stuff in terms of like, you know, you can appropriate things from the universe in your life. It's, it's not based on the powerful, create, create, the creative power of the Word of God. It has to be based on God's Word. And, and, and so Jerry, uh, Jerry Sammy, our, our location pastor, would call him and in a matter of 15 minutes, we're racing to the hospital at that point in Toronto. No visitors were allowed to the hospital because of uh, COVID restrictions and they wouldn't even really let Candace in. I call the hospital, I say, you can't come. I'm like, you don't understand, I'm the pastor. Some, I believe somebody has just died as a member of our congregation. And so we get to the hospital, Candace gets permission for us to go there. The security guy says to us, no, no, you can't. There's no visitors in St. Joseph's at this time. And I'm telling you, we've got special permission. Call ahead, stop. Like it was frustrating because, you know, we were going in there to try and like raise someone from the dead. And, and you know, Pastor Lorne and Kelly are on the text prayer thread right now. And, and in these moments, it's like 15 minutes feels like 15 years. It's like when stuff like this happens and when life gets real, it's crazy how much everything slows down and, and the suspension of the unknown. This is why the, 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 the theology of the tomb is so important as a part. Of, if it was just cross and resurrection, the tomb is a gift to us because there is nothing more dark than the tomb. There is nothing more hopeless than the tomb. But Jesus took the most hopeless moment and actually conquered it and crushed it and put darkness under His feet so that, so that we are never lost without hope because faith is the substance of things hoped for. And if it wasn't for the depth of darkness of the tomb, in your dark circumstances, you wouldn't know what you can actually hang on. So we get there and I'm like, and he's like, oh, you're right. Your names are on the list. And he's like, well, we've got to do COVID checks. I'm like, are you kidding me? Let us pass. Like, I don't want to do no COVID check right now. I got to get in there and we got to pray for somebody. So Jerry's like already gone. Like he's down like down the hallway. I feel like, man, like, you know, whatever. And so we get through and then the nurse, the nurse stops us as we're walking up the stairs. And the nurse says this, she's like, hey, you're this woman's and this man's pastor, right? You're their church minister. I'm like, yeah, can we just go please? And, and she's, like, she's like, you need to prepare her. She stops us and she's like, there's something that you need to understand. He's likely not gonna wake up from this coma and you need to stay. If you really love her, you need to prepare her. Interesting, kind of reminds me of like the Lazarus story from John 11. And, uh, and I'm like, what? And she's like, yeah, and even if he does, the, the, the time from his heart stopping and, and the lack of oxygen to the brain is you need to prepare her that if on a miracle that he comes out of this coma, he will not be the same man. He will be permanently brain damaged for the rest of their lives. And I'm like, why is everybody keep stopping us? Like, <laughs> like just let me buy it. And in this moment, every time, and these people that think they have good reasoning and good love and care for you, want to tell you in their human understanding and make sense of it all, this is where faith gets challenged. And I wanna tell you that in those moments, you need to be surrounded by people of C3 Calgary, people that can infuse your faith with some words, that can champion your faith with some words and say, hey, I know that other people would say this and that and that about 
about your life. But I wanna tell you that there is a different message coming from Scripture, that there is a different message coming from the Gospel. And this is our faith needs to infuse each other's faith so that we can continue to say yes towards the things of God instead of being filled with fear and doubt and hesitation and these things that don't appropriate God's purposes in your life. So we're getting there and it's this glass room and Jerry and I just bust through there. Candace is on the ground, literally lying down and her hand is reaching up and she just barely has any energy. This, this high executive of this marketing agency, I've never seen her in a, this posture. All of a sudden, the condition of her makeup didn't matter. All of a sudden, the condition and the quality of her hair and her clothes, it doesn't matter. And in these moments of tragedy, in these moments, and I'm telling you that there are people dying out there on the streets. There are people dying that don't know Jesus. And as Christians, I think we need to throw off a little dignity for the sake that eternity is hanging in the balance for somebody's soul. And that the posture of Candace ought to be like us in desperation for people that don't know Jesus yet. For people that don't know the miraculous power of what life can actually be like. To be known as a child of God. And to be living the way you were designed to live, to be in relationship with Yahweh. And so we get through there and the nurses are freaking out because we just start praying in tongues. Like we run into the room, like I don't, like whatever. I mean, my this guy, this person that we've known for so, just lying there with tubes and in a coma and, and lifeless. We look at the chart and the uh, on the on the medical chart, it said dead on arrival, on the chart. And I don't know. All of fear was trying to grip my spirit. If I was to be honest with you, man. It's not very often I'm just walking around praying for really good best friends to be raised from the dead. Doesn't happen every day. It's tough. Sometimes it's easy to believe for a stranger. But when something happens to the person that's in your family, right next to you, in your own world, man, reality hits and faith is so tested. So long story short, we get kicked out of the hospital after that, they, they asked us to leave. This one nurse was, I mean, her bedside manner was horrible. And so we encouraged Candace, go home to Archie. And they said that they were going to take him off a coma, attempt to take him out of the coma the following day. It's Sunday now. We're in worship, in church, kind of pandemic vibes still in Toronto. And, uh, and we get this text message and... Man, it just felt, that 24-hour period just felt like an eternity. And Candace said he came out of a coma and he asked for his wedding ring and he called for my name. And we were like, we were like, oh man, I was worshiping different. Uh, like on that moment, like, and then, and then they went to the cardiologist and the story's remarkable. We're actually going to make a documentary about it and we're going to play it this Easter. But because this is death to life. This is the ministry. This is, this is the ministry that you and I are in, is death to life. Pastor Lorne said it at the beginning of the service, to see blind eyes open, not just physical blind eyes, but to see the awakening of people's spirits to the realities of God. Death to life. And so, so the cardiologist does the test. They end up putting a stint in. It was, it was a clogged artery that made his heart stop, and then they did all the testing, uh, of the brain, and that he got a complete bill of 
health, like heal, healing. And we've got this other photo. I want to show you this photo. Oh, that's him um, um, one month after, at a one-month anniversary, his life has changed, just completely awakened. You know, he's not actually feeding Archie champagne. He's just... <laughs> but, uh, but this other photo of us doing sit-ups... So this is about the same time a month later and we're at a men's overnighter and the fitness guy in the morning was making us do like all this communal sit-up thing and it was crazy, it hurt so much. So I, put, I strategically put myself next to the, the other guy there, Jonathan, he's a football player. I was like, if someone's gonna be, if I'm gonna be doing sit-ups, I'm gonna go next to the strong guys. But this photo got shot there and we didn't plan to sit next to one another, but... Jerry and I ran into that hospital and it was like we were carrying the weight of faith. And it was really Candace, his wife. And it was the prayers coming from the prayer chain and all this stuff. And this is just, just such a beautiful picture of community in church. And then it turned around full circle where he, John, the one that had dropped dead in F45, is now lifting his pastor up to do these stupid sit-ups. <laughs> But it was this metaphor of like, come on, come on. Somebody say faith. Faith, faith in the middle. Abraham, there's this, there's this verse where in Hebrews 11 verse 8 to 9 it says, By faith Abraham, when called to go to a place that he would later receive as his inheritance, obeyed and went. Even though he did not know where he was going, by faith, he made his home in the promised land. So this is Genesis 12. God calls Abraham out and says, I'm going to take you to a land that I'm going to show you. And this is the way God works. And Kenzie, my six-year-old daughter, she always wants to see the blue line on the GPS and knows how many minutes, you know, because she's daddy's daughter and we are control freaks. We want to control everything. And this is the state of humanity in Canada, is we're constantly seeking away from faith to seeking a place of understanding and control. And she wants to know where the blue line is going and how many minutes we're going to get there. And it always has to be on, even if daddy already knows where he's going. And this is the way God works, is, is we kind of have a life GPS. And God has the blue line on the screen and the destination is always blank. Daddy knows where he's going. God knows where he's going for your life. And as I read in Hebrews, it says, and he plans something better for us. God knows. You're in the middle of something right now, and you might not have full clarity, but I'm here to encourage you and say, you don't actually need it. You and I have faith. God has full clarity. God knows what he's doing. And now this story Man, I've preached this story in a number of places and it's encouraged people. And in the moment of desperation, in the moment of darkness, and the reason I felt called to bring this message here is because I believe that C3 Calgary is in the middle. You, you and I in this church, we haven't experienced all the promise that God has for this house. And we need to take on the mandate from Paul to press on. There is a press onness that needs to happen where, where we actually take up the obedience of God, take up the call to God. The youth ministry is going to be going on fire in this place. Sarana, what you're doing, 
Stand up. Stand to your feet. Come on. Come on. Can I pray for you? Just stay there. Jess, do you want to lay hands on her? Let's reach out. This is Sarana. She oversees the youth ministry. But this message, close your eyes. Put your hands out towards heaven as if he's going to give you a gift. Jesus, this message of faith, this call to action, that you know this is your mandate. And I just, I'm just saying to you and I want to speak into your world that your, your voice is like it's this apostolic nature about it that can actually call people forward and actually can break things over young people's lives. And, and I would say the biggest thing is to break the immaturity, help young people see themselves as called men and women of God now. And I just believe that you will see, you will see in the next chapter, you will see young person after young person after young person totally breaking through into their future. You're not... You're not Facilitating a babysitting club. You're commissioning Canada's future. And so, Father God, I thank you that Serana will feel authority on her voice. Lord God, that any second guessing is broken off her life. That there is no doubt, no second guessing. And God would say that the thing that you're looking for, the people you're looking for are right there. He's already given them to you. You trust and you steward what God has already seeded in your world and more fruit will come in the name of Jesus, Father God. But let's not leave it up to Serana's yes. Serana's gonna say yes to the plan and purposes of God, but I'm here to ask you and I pray Holy Spirit right now, that Holy Spirit, that you would be speaking purpose in everybody's life, that you, there is a plan and purpose and a role for you to play as the church. I'm not talking about the parking team, but that might be part of it. I'm not talking about the hosting team, but that might be part of it. I'm talking about that you are an ambassador for Christ. You are the church. You and I are the church. And actually, when we really think about it, it's not optional for us to say yes. It's like an awesome divine setup. And so... I'm kind of out of time. But Abraham needed to make his home in the promise. So what we tend to do, where, where is home? Home is comfort. Home is the lazy boy. Home is pajamas. Home is safety. Home is security. But what God was teaching Abraham and that he's teaching us is what we need to do is we need to prophetically dislodge. So, 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 so the promise shouldn't be strange, and the current circumstances shouldn't be home. We've got to take, we've got to make home in the promise and live like a stranger and a foreigner in the land. So your current circumstance, faith, what faith does is it lifts home up and you actually become more comfortable in God's future of your life by making yourself strange to your current circumstances. So, Lord, that we would break out of our comfort zone, that we would make our current reality strange, that the sickness in our life would be more strange to us than the healing of Your promise. 
that the, that the destruction of the enemy would be more strange to us than the victory known in Jesus Christ. What? Because we're strangers in this foreign land. Because we've got our home in the promise. We're in the here now and not yet. This is middle management. Your destiny is glory in the Kingdom of God. Your home and your destination is in the plan and the future and the purposes of God. And He is the resurrection and He is the way. And there isn't a word in Scripture that says that you are done. There isn't a word in Scripture that says the circumstances on your life are final. So let's make our home in the promise, church. Let's dislodge ourselves from our current reality. Let's get a little uncomfortable and strange and foreign in our current existence for the sake of the Kingdom of God. And if I'm preaching to three people in this room that are gonna say yes to Jesus in a more undignified way after this Sunday, then I'll preach to three people in the room. But I got a sense here today that I am preaching to more than three people. I got a sense here today that I am preaching and the Holy Spirit is commissioning you now to say, press on, you're not done yet. Why don't you stand to your feet, church? And I'm gonna get the, I'm gonna get the, uh, What is it? Keyboard. Keys up. Amen. I want to, I believe that the Holy Spirit, those who wait on the Lord are renewed in strength. And you and I need to, church is like, church is like the coach's locker room. And the field, the field of play is not Sunday. This is where the saints are equipped. So you come here, this is like where you put the oxygen mask on and then you go out there and you're doing life. And that's where, that's where the touchdowns are made. That's where the goals are kicked. And so this is a moment right now at the end to just let the Holy Spirit infuse you. Those who wait upon the Lord will be renewed in strength. And there are many reasons for you and I to say, I don't think I have what it takes. And that's the beauty of Hebrews is all these examples were people that didn't think they had what it takes. People that looked, Gideon was like the least of his family. And you might think, man, this, my life circumstances and what I'm going through right now, I don't know if I have the energy to keep crushing it for Jesus. Well, you're in good company. And I'm gonna read out Eugene Peterson's version of Hebrews chapter 12 verse 1 to 3 and I believe it's a really beautiful picture that's a commissioning thing that if you will pick it up in your spirit just just his words and his language and the way he articulates scripture it's it's remarkable maybe you can look this up and print it out and put it on the back of your toilet later or something so that you can be reminded but let's just just check it out just read the words on the screen so this is Eugene Peterson the message Hebrews chapter 12, verse one to three, and I'm gonna close it out with this. Do you see what this means? Like the cloud of witnesses? These are all pioneers who blazed the way. All these veterans cheering us on. It means we better get on with it. Strip down, start running and never quit. No extra spiritual fat, no parasitic sins. Keep your eyes on Jesus who both began and finished this race way in. Study how He did it. 
We're talking about practising the way. Because He never lost sight of where He was headed, that exhilarating finish in and with God. He could put up with anything along the way, cross, shame, whatever. And now He's there at the place of honour, right alongside with God. And when you find yourselves flagging in faith, C3 Calgary, go over that story again, item by item. That long litany of hostility He ploughed through, that will shoot adrenaline into your soul. Turn to your neighbour and say, you're not done. Come on, Father God, right now, I thank You that the strength of the Holy Spirit to continue saying yes to the things of God in Your Name, Jesus, would just come into us. Just close your eyes right across the room. Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, the plan and purpose. And I just want to encourage you, you know, because I've told some big things like this God story, like, you know, the universe and, you know, some massive things. But here's the thing. We don't leap by faith. We walk by faith. Faith isn't a leap. There's nothing in Scripture that says that faith's a leap. It's a step. Man makes plans, but the Lord directs steps. So what you need to be praying for right now is, Holy Spirit, what's your next step for me? That's all you need to be praying. Boil it down to something that you can palate. What is your next step for me? And God will speak to you. It might be something very simple, very practical, like maybe, you know, this relationship that you're dating this person, like this isn't, just take a next step and you, need, you know you need to exit out of that relationship. Or, or it might be, you need, to, you need to start to really pick up the way you're doing giving and finances and generosity and that's your next step. Or it might be like sign up for a team. It might be, I don't know, whatever it is. It, you, you need to reach out to that person and forgive them. Might be your next step. You know, and God is faithful and He will speak. Thank you, Jesus. With every eye closed and every person's heart focused on Jesus, I just wanna, I wanna end with just asking you, do you know Jesus? Is He the Lord of your life? And we don't let a single service go by without helping people and meet Jesus and, and encouraging people to invite Jesus into their life. So if you've never made a decision to follow Jesus, and if you're watching online, this is for you too. We're gonna pray a prayer together complete, as a church. I'm not gonna invite you to the front, not gonna embarrass you. This is a prayer between you and God, but we'll pray it together as a community. And it's the most important prayer that you'll ever make. It's a prayer of confession and faith that invites Jesus into your heart and asks for the forgiveness of sins. And that was the way that you were created to be in relationship with God. Or maybe you've once walked with God, but for any number of reasons which are really irrelevant right now, you've walked away from God and you know that you need to recommit to Him. You know that your life isn't where it should be and you need to re-invite Jesus into your heart and rededicate your life to God. So if that's you, if you're one of those two people with nobody looking around, I'm gonna ask you to raise your hand so I can acknowledge you. Who is there in this place? You're like, yeah, that's me. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. That's seven, eight people. Is there anybody else? Nine, awesome, I see that hand, you can put it down. Is there anybody else? Up the back, two more. It's 11, that's awesome. People are, amen, I see you brother, you can put your hand down. God's good, He's got a plan and purpose for your life. That's 12 people. The reason I'm counting is just so that you know that you're not alone. You are never meant to be alone. And sometimes people need that just to have a little courage to, to understand that, yeah, that's, I'm not alone. 
Is there anybody else that wants to join these 12 people that wants to say, yeah, I want to follow Jesus. Amen, I see that other hand. You can put it down. All right, there's at least 13 people in the room and maybe more online that are responding to Jesus right now. And God knows your specific story. He knows every detail about your life and He's so proud of you for responding like this right now. And if you continue to walk out faith in Him and continue to trust Him, you will live an amazing roller coaster adventure of what it means to be a child of God. It's the most beautiful, amazing, joyous thing that you and I can ever do with our lives. So let's pray this prayer. Just pray it after me. Say, Dear Jesus, I thank you that you died on a cross for me. Forgive me of my sin. Help me follow you from this moment on. In your name, Jesus, I thank you that you're my Saviour and my Lord and help me follow you. Amen. Amen. Come on, praise God, church. Isn't that good? Amen. Awesome. Hey, thanks so much for having me and, and Jess. I, I didn't say this is my beautiful wife, Jess, down here. But um, please keep saying yes to God. Live your life of faith. Amen. Amen. Bless you. Thanks, Pastor Sam. Thanks for listening. To hear more messages like this one, make sure to subscribe to our podcast and check out our C3 Calgary live stream on YouTube. If this message resonated with you and you'd like to give to our church, you can do so on our website at myc3church.ca. See you next week.